The Arkansas Court of Appeals decided two cases on appellate practice this week. In Maxwell v. Maxwell, 2022 ARC App 51, the Arkansas Court of Appeals issued a mandate following an earlier appeal between the same parties, but on remand, the circuit court added additional findings to the order following remand. In another appeal, the Arkansas Court of Appeals, in reversing and remanding, explained the trial court erred in its mandate, but affirmed as to other issues. There was no error in denying prejudgment interest on child support arrearages and no mistake in failing to state the appellate cost included in the mandate. Judge Vaught reasoned, In sum, we are again forced to reverse and remand this case because the circuit court has failed to follow our mandate. We direct the court on remand to utilize the evidence presented at the original hearing, including the physical custody dates it has already established, and and to then calculate the party's child support arrearages using the family support chart. All other issues, including the offsets the circuit court awarded to Lori, are null and void as outside the scope of our mandate. Should either party petition the court to take up any issues arising after the original hearing, the court should determine whether that request falls within a recognized exception to the mandate rule. If the court determines that an exception is present, the court should then follow all normal procedures to allow both parties an opportunity to present evidence and be heard before issuing its ruling. End of quote. The opinion quoted from Turner v. Northwest Arkansas Neurosurgery Clinic, PA, 91 RCAP 290, quote, Any proceedings on remand that are contrary to the directions contained in the mandate from the appellate court may be considered null and void. Either new proof or new defenses cannot be raised after remand when they are inconsistent with this court's first opinion and mandate. Indeed, to allow such to occur undermines the finality of this court's decision and denies closure on matters litigated. End of quote. The Court of Appeals added, in quoting from Turner, quote, The mandate rule has been described as simply a subspecies of the venerable law of the case doctrine, a staple of our common law as old as the Republic that has remained essentially unchanged for approximately 150 years. The inferior court cannot vary the appellate court's mandate, examine it for any other purpose than execution, give any other relief, review for error any matter decided on appeal, or meddle with it other than to settle what has been remanded. However, the courts have recognized some exceptions that might allow a matter to be revisited. They are, one, the availability of new evidence, two, an intervening change of controlling law, Three, the need to correct a clear error or prevent manifest injustice. End of quote. An interesting point within this opinion is whether prejudgment interest may lie in an order to pay child support arrearages, and the appellate court decided in the negative. Quote, Given the very fact-specific nature of the child support disputes at issue in this case, It does not qualify as the sort of issue for which damages are immediately ascertainable with reasonable certainty. The present case hinges on very specific findings of fact, including the dates on when each boy lived with each parent and the determination of Lori's income for purposes of consulting the family support chart. 
Adam has presented neither authority nor persuasive argument that prejudgment interest is available for issues as fact-specific as child support, and we therefore find no reversible error as to this point. End of quote. The earlier mandate included an award of costs. Once issued, it was enforceable and did not need to be included again in the trial court order following remand. Quote, Here, though, our mandate awarded costs to Adam and required no further action by the circuit court. The mandate was effective the day it was entered. So while the circuit court's failure to include the appellate cost in its order on remand is not reversible error, Lori remains obligated, pursuant to our mandate, to pay Adam the appellate cost we assessed. End of quote. End of decision. In Kinder v. Kinder, 2022, RCAP 39, the Arkansas Court of Appeals dismissed a civil appeal with prejudice because a motion to extend time to lodge or file the record did not provide an opportunity to be heard on the motion, as required under Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5. The underlying motion in this case followed the court reporter's request for more time. The motion was filed at 4.15 p.m., and the circuit judge signed an order granting it at 9.26 a.m. of the following day. The motion was filed six days before the deadline to lodge the record. Chief Judge Harrison reasoned, Is 28 hours enough time for a party to respond to a motion to extend the time to file a record? No prior case law from this court or the Supreme Court specifically decides the question. Today, however, we hold that this amount of time does not give the responding party sufficient opportunity to be heard on a Rule 5B1 motion. End of quote. The fatal result followed because Appellate Rule 5 requires mandatory compliance with several elements, including that all parties have had the opportunity to be heard on the motion, either at a hearing or by responding in writing. Once the record was lodged, the Court of Appeals remanded for further factual findings to the lower court, which by supplemental order stated, quote, 1. That personal and subject matter jurisdiction are appropriate with this court. Venue is appropriate with this court. 2. On February 3, 2021, the Arkansas Court of Appeals in CV 19858 remanded the appeal of this matter to the circuit court to determine if Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5B was complied with regarding October 3, 2019, motion to extend time to lodge record on appeal. 3. The court hereby finds that the defendant complied with Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5B1A, B, D, and E to properly extend the deadline to file the record on appeal. 4. Regarding Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5B1C, the court finds that all parties did not have the opportunity to be heard on the motion because defendant's motion to extend time to lodge record on appeal was filed on October 3, 2019 at 4.15 p.m., and the order to extend time was entered on October 4, 2019 at 9.26 a.m. However, plaintiff's counsel advised the court that she would not have objected to the extension of time if she had the opportunity to respond to the motion. End of quote. The Court of Appeals, in considering the later motion to dismiss this appeal, wrote, 
First, the circuit court specifically found that Wendy was not given the opportunity to be heard on David's motion. The court plainly said so in paragraph 4 of its remand order. David says that Wendy was notified of the motion when it was filed through the electronic filing system the morning of October 3rd, and the court order was not entered until more than one day later. So, David argues, Wendy had an opportunity to respond in writing or at a hearing before the order was entered. We disagree that most practicing attorneys or circuit courts would hold that 28 hours equates to an opportunity to be heard in writing on a matter this important and while relying solely on the e-filing system. Nor is this time sufficient to schedule and hold a hearing for purposes of Rule 5. The second sticking point is that we are required by our Supreme Court's strict application and interpretation of Rule 5 to dismiss this appeal. Although the Supreme Court has replaced its once strict compliance standard with a substantial compliance standard in some rules, for example, Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 3, Notice of Appeal, and Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 4K, Service of Process, that change has yet to come to Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5. End of quote. The majority opinion reasoned that a lack of objection was unavailing because, quote, under a strict compliance standard, it does not matter that Wendy would not have objected to the extension if she had the opportunity to respond. End of quote. The majority opinion was joined by Judges Abramson, Klappenbach, and Brown. There was a dissenting opinion written by Judge Hickson, who was joined by Judge Barrett. The dissent quoted the Supreme Court's opinion in Ashley v. Ashley, 2016, Arc 161. Quote, The rule does not provide an express time period in which a party must have an opportunity to be heard. Rather, the rule provides that the motion and order must be filed before the time has expired for lodging the record on appeal. Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5B1B. Thus, we do not read into Rule 5B the time limitations imposed by the Arkansas Rules of Civil Procedure. Thus, the Ashleys had an opportunity to be heard, and they did not demonstrate how they might have been better served if their opportunity in which to be heard was longer. End of quote. Arkansas Rule of Appellate Procedure Civil 5B provides Extension of Time If any party has designated stenographically reported material for inclusion in the record on appeal, the circuit court, by order entered before expiration of the period prescribed by Subdivision A of this rule or a prior extension order, may extend the time for filing the record only if it makes the following findings. The appellant has filed a motion explaining the reasons for the requested extension and served the motion on all counts of record. The time to file the record on appeal has not yet expired. All parties have had the opportunity to be heard on the motion, either at a hearing or by responding in writing. The appellant, in compliance with Rule 6b, has timely ordered the stenographically reported material from the court reporter and made any financial arrangements required for its preparation, and an extension of time is necessary for the court reporter to include the stenographically reported material in the record on appeal or for the circuit clerk to compile the record. End of quote. End of decision.